0: Day, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. We're going to chapter this morning, Hebrews chapter number 11. And uh, we'll review just a little bit today, and then we will chapter today as well. Hebrews chapter number 11. As you look there this morning with me, I'm going to review for a couple minutes, and then we are going to move into new territory today. Faith is important. Faith is key. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. We think about the fact we've mentioned that the exhortations, the encouragement for the believer in the book of Hebrews, there have been four up to this point, and that begins with when you start to let some things slip. Don't let some things slip, Hebrews chapter number 2. The end of chapter 3, chapter 4, really lets us know that when we begin to let some things slip, then it gets to the point to where we will doubt the Word of God. When we doubt the Word of God, it leads us to, as it talks about in the end of chapter 5, to not hear from God and to kind of tune Him out, which leads us in chapter number 10 to sin willfully and to do our own way instead of doing things God's way. I believe that's a clear example of the backsliding Christian, how that route goes. You let some things slip, you begin to doubt the Word of God, you don't hear from God, and you do things your way. The opposite of that is that when you, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Faith is key to our growth. I mentioned last week, and for sake of time, I'm just going to review for a couple minutes, there are two types of faith in the Christian life, I believe. The first type of faith is saving faith. And the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so in order to get saved, there must be faith. But we mentioned last week the fact that we are dead. So a gift that God gives to us, God gives us the faith that we need to get saved. So saving faith, God supplies for us. But then in the Christian life, I believe there is this thing called growing faith. And the righteous God revealed from faith to faith, the Bible says. The just shall live by faith. And faith, you think about this, God's also enabled us with what we need to have growing faith. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith. So one of the fruits of the Spirit is actually faith. The faith that we need to grow in the Christian life is an attribute that can come from the Spirit of God being inside of us. That's why you'll notice that inside of us, from time to time, there are great moments of faith, and I believe that's when we let the Spirit of God lead and guide us. The moments of fear and doubt come when we let our flesh rule. And our flesh fears. Our flesh doubts. The Spirit of God helps us have the faith that we need. So we need saving faith that God supplies. And we need growing faith, which is a fruit of the Spirit that God supplies as well. Faith is important. We read verse number 1 of our text, Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated, they should not see death, and was not found. Because God had translated him. For before his translation, this is the testimony that Enoch had. He pleased God. And I asked you last week, how many of you want that testimony, that you please God? I think verse 6 tells us. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need faith to please God. That's what the Bible teaches us here, right? And Enoch pleased God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Father, I pray you'd bless the next that we have this morning, we need you today. I pray that you would guide us and help us and strengthen us. As we look at this passage this morning, I pray that you would help us see some things today as we look at the example. And even as we get into chapter 12 where we talk about the great cloud of witnesses, it's referring back to those there in chapter number 11 and those that have gone forward by faith and many others that names aren't even mentioned in the passage. Help us today to see something that can help us grow in our faith and help us lord you are so trustworthy you, we should have the utmost confidence in everything that you do we love you we need you we praise you in jesus name i pray To review through the main points real quick and then we'll get into the new stuff today number one in this passage we see faith described we see that right away true biblical faith is not wishful thinking it's an inner conviction that's based on the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Verse 1 tells us what faith is. It's the substance that word substance literally means the assurance of things hoped for, the proof or the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. Faith you don't get to see. A lot of people show me, show me God and I'll believe him. Show me Jesus. I can't take them back to the cross and let them see Jesus hanging on the cross. That's where faith comes into play. Did you see the world created? How many of you believe that God created the world? How many of you believe that? Did you see it? Were you there? In fact, the man who penned the words in the Bible there for you, Moses, he wasn't there either. So how do you know that's true? Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for the proof of things not seen. That's what faith is. This world would look and say, you guys are ridiculous and almost stupid to believe that God created everything. Because they don't have faith in God. They have faith in chance. That all these molecules magically became something else. And I know you look at evolution and you know they talk about, you know, we evolved from apes and things like that. I see some of our kids at school when they play on the playground. I've been to the zoo. And I've seen monkeys, they throw their poop at each other. I know if there was poop in that grass, those kids would probably do it. But that doesn't mean that they, God made each each thing after their own kind, is what the Bible says. We believe by faith that God spoke this world into existence. They created, he took nothing and created something out of it. This world believes that God took, or believes that chance took something and made something greater. Where did that something come from? We know that God created everything out of nothing. That's what the Bible says. We have faith in that. Were any of you there the day that Jesus died on the cross? No. Well, historians tell, us, historians tell us a lot of things, don't they? I know we have Josephus has said some things, and some others we have with the script. We, by faith, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that he rose again. And, you know, people are like, well, I want some proof of that. Where's his tomb and all that? There is no tomb. He lives today. There is no tomb. If there was a tomb for Jesus, it would prove that he's not Jesus, that he's dead. He lives today. And I know some of you, maybe you've gone to Jerusalem and you've walked in that garden tomb. They don't know if it was Jesus's or not. Because he lives. We believe what we do by faith. Faith. Faith is important. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen they—that's As we look today and we look at these men and women that lived their lives by faith and the faith that's described in their life, it was the assurance of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen. So we see number one today, we see faith described, and then the whole rest of the chapter, number two, is faith demonstrated. And men and women of God demonstrating their faith. Now it's amazing as we go through here. You know, we don't have a lot in the Bible written about Abel. And there's not a lot about Enoch. But the more that there is in the Bible about people, the more we see how many times they failed God in the process of having faith at the same time. I am so grateful that God isn't looking for perfect people to have faith in him. Because if God was looking for perfect people to have faith in him, he couldn't look here or anywhere else in the world today. God isn't looking for perfect people. God is looking for people that will simply trust him and take him at his word. That's what he wants. And God is faithful today. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes and governments. You can trust God today. And that's what faith is. Faith says, says it, and I'm going to do it God's way. I believe God. I trust Him. That's what faith is. We see it all throughout. First of all, letter A, we see it in Abel. The Bible tells us that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. He offered a sacrifice that was acceptable to God, and Cain did not. What did Cain bring? Cain brought the best that he thought he could bring. He brought it's humanism at its finest, trying to do for God what we think is best. Isn't that how we live? That's how humans live. We think we can get to God our own way through whatever means we think, instead of taking as people that think they're going to end up in heaven. Hey, well. But there's one way to heaven, and it's Jesus Christ. And it's not my way, he is the way. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says, there's God's way of doing things. And Abel had enough faith in God to say, I'm going to offer the sacrifice God wants. Say, so, well, Cain might not have known He chose to give a sacrifice that was not pleasing to God. And do you know where that led, Cain? He killed his brother over it. And jealousy, really. Abel, faith in God. Secondly, letter B, we see Enoch. And we mentioned the fact that Enoch lived in a wicked day. I mentioned last week Enoch's son was Methuselah, right? Methuselah is the oldest living person in the Bible according to years as it stayed there. Like, do you actually believe he lived that many years? That's what the Bible says, so I just take the Bible with what it says. What if years were different back then? If it was different, whatever, it says 967 years or 76 is one of those two. Whatever it is, I just, that's what the Bible says, so I just go with what the Bible says. Don't try to be smarter than the Bible because we're not. And so, but the interesting thing about Methuselah is he died the year the flood happened. If you add up all the years, he died the year the flood happened. Noah's preaching righteousness for a hundred years before that, right? Say, did, did Methuselah die in the flood or before the flood? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. And where the Bible doesn't say things, it's not our job to add to God's word. It's just, I'm stating a fact, he died the same year that the flood happened. That's all we know. But Enoch walked with God, and the Bible says that God took him. Enoch's faith was so strong in God, and he believed God so much. God said, you know what? Just come out of that messed up world. Just come be with me. How would that be? You're just walking with God one day, talking with Him, going on a walk with Him, whatever the case may be, in your Bible, and the Lord says, Hey, you just want to leave all that behind and just come be with me? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll first ticket out of here. I'm good. I'll be fine with that. And he got to go be with God by faith. He had faith, and he preached righteousness. The book of Jude talks about it. He had faith in God. The third one that we see, letter C, is Noah. We see that in verse 7. And this is review. That's why I'm not going deep into it. Because if you weren't here last week, you can go find it on YouTube or a place. By faith, Noah being warned of things. What did Noah do? He built an ark. And God tell him, hey, Noah, it's going to rain. Noah didn't know what rain was. We understand what rain is. Well, in Southern California, we don't quite get what rain is. It's sprinkling outside and we have flash flood warnings. That's not... And rain is not a little drizzle falling from the sky. It's raining outside. No, your windshield has five little dots on it. That's not rain. So maybe Californians don't have that quite figured out. But Noah didn't know what rain was. And he had faith in God to build the boat and to do it God's way. He had faith. He took God at his word. You know, but we look at a man like Noah, and we look later on in his life, after the flood happened, he, he built a vineyard and things and got drunk. And was there naked. This great man of faith is laying naked. The Bible says that one of his sons went in. And that's another thing that people say. What did he do to his father? It doesn't say. So don't jump to conclusions. He did get cursed for it. But whatever that was, that's not our job to figure out because it doesn't say. Don't try and guess. But the other brothers covered him up. But we see this great man of faith even had struggles in his life. By faith, he built the boat and followed God and did things God's way. Letter D. Let's keep on moving here. Abraham. This is where we ended last week. We looked at Abraham. Abraham, this great man of faith. If you remember, God told him, and as we look at this, we see letter A or number one under Abraham. He said that Abraham believe God when he didn't know where to go? It says there in verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. God says, go to this place. Just go. I'll show you where to go. Didn't have a GPS. Didn't have anything. Just he had to go. You know the Bible says here that he had faith. We can read the story. His faith was not very strong at the beginning, was it? He brought his dad and Lot with him. That was not part of God's plan, was it? And in fact, he never got where God wanted him to go until after his dad passed away. There was some baggage in his life hindering him from doing what God wanted him to do. And so, but after that, what did Abraham do? Abraham went and did it. You know, I think it would do us all well. I'm bringing up some of the failures in some of these people's lives just to let you know that God works with imperfect people. And I'm grateful for that. But it would do us all well to look at people through God's eyes. Do you see throughout this chapter, God looks at the good. He looks at the good. We tend to always look at everyone's negative and they're bad, don't we? I could never, that person, I could never be nice. Why couldn't you? We could view people the way Jesus views them. If we could view the lost the way Jesus does, we'd have compassion for the lost. Because I know I look at this lost world and I look at them, they irritate me. And I look at them and I'm like, "They they are so ridiculous in what they think and where they stand. But they don't have Jesus, so how can I expect them to know any better? It's like we expect this world to be good Christians when we don't expect Christians to be good Christians. Ever thought about that? We really do. Why can't this world just be more like, they aren't going to be, they don't have Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you're not going to have it. If we could view people the way Jesus does, have compassion on the lost, and then have compassion on the saved people. Because there could be a point in our life where we it's fall. And we need someone to come alongside and have the grace and the compassion to help get us back up. Bearing one another's burdens, and if you are in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. And consider yourself, keep an eye on that. But Abraham believed God when he didn't know where. Number two, we see that Abraham, he believed when he didn't know how. God says, we're going to give you a child in your old age. And it says there, as Abraham was as good as dead, he had a child. He was well past that time. And they had faith in God. And I know we could look at the passage and we could see how they had a baby with the handmaiden. And then Sarah even was laughing. Isn't that what the name Isaac technically means? Laughter. She laughed when God said she was going to have a child. But at the end of the day, they had faith in the Lord. And it might have taken some time. It might have taken, but they had it. And God is just looking for his people to take him at his word and to trust him and to have faith in him. Number three, when it comes to Abraham, when he didn't know when. God, he trusted the Lord. You know, even today, not all of the promises God made to Abraham have been completely fulfilled yet. That's why the end has to happen. That's a long time to wait. Did you ever think about that? That's a long time to wait. He had faith. Number four. Now we're about ready to get into the new new stuff. When he didn't know why, he still had faith. God said, Abraham, take your son. That son who's going to be that promised son that is going to have He's going to help carry your name? Go offer him as a sacrifice to me. And he had faith, and it says there in verse number 17 by faith, Abraham, when he tried, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was called, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Abraham had to say, God's going to work this all out. God said, I'm going to have a son. God said, this son's going to do what he's going to do. And God believe God's going to do what he says that's faith God just wants his people to trust him and to say hey if God says it I trust God and I believe God can do it next person we look at here we go what letter are we on letter e this is new now this is where we get into new material today we look at Isaac Isaac was Abraham's son look at what, verse 20 and see what it says by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come And God had big plans. And God was going to use the family of Abraham, Isaac, and we know Jacob later on. But the Bible tells us here that Isaac had faith in God that God was going to do what he told his father Abraham he was going to do. Did Isaac see it all? No. And we see that even Isaac, you say, well, Isaac didn't really bless Jacob the right way and how that all worked out. God said it was going to happen that way, didn't he? He did. And so... We see the fact that Isaac had faith in God to continue on with what his father did. Then we look at letter F. We look at Jacob. Jacob in his faith. Verse 21 says, By faith, Jacob blessed, the, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. And we could look at Jacob all day long. He's quite a character in the Bible, isn't he? I love one of his first things he tells God when he leaves after the Esau debacle and things. This is what he tells God. If you protect me, and you take care of me, and you be there for me, then you can be my God. So literally, he t- like makes conditions with God. If you, if you take care of me, you can be my God. Then later on, he wrestles with God. Think about that one. How would you like to wrestle with God? And man, I heard, I, this last week, I heard a great sermon. And I've never thought of it this way. And a great thought, and I'm going to chew on it more. I heard a sermon. This man literally was pastoring a church and been pastoring for years. And maybe a year and a half ago, he had to have heart surgery. And after the heart surgery, seizure after seizure, and he shakes. He, was pre- he, he can preach some. His voice, he repeats things. He is not the same man he was before that. But he said a lot, this was his message, he said a lot of times people look at Jesus and they look at how he healed the blind man and made him whole. Or he healed this person or healed this person. But he said sometimes God's touch doesn't in reality make you better here but it works better and he used Jacob and how the angel of the Lord touched his, the howl of his thigh and he limped the rest of his life and sometimes we think of the touch of God only being good things in our lives but sometimes it's an infirmity that comes and he was thanking God for where he was in his life today that's a powerful statement to be able to make Jacob, the Bible mentions here that he blessed both of Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And he had faith in what the Lord was going to do, and he, he had faith in God. Was Jacob a perfect guy? No. Did he have good moments? Yes, he did have good moments. And he had faith. The next one mentioned here was Joseph. And look at what it says about Joseph in verse 22. It says, "...by faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel." and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now remember, Joseph was, he was high in command in Egypt, right? And basically all of his family moved from the promised land to Egypt area because of the famine and everything taking place. And so Joseph, as he was about to die, in Genesis chapter number 50, in verse number 24 says this, And Joseph said unto his brother, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And you see what, do you know what Joseph was saying here? That God's promise, I still believe that God's going to get you out of here someday. And when he does, he's going to take you to the land that he promised to great-grandpa, grandpa, grandpa, and to dad. I believe God and I have faith that's going to happen. So what happened when Moses, over nine generations later is leaving Egypt. Exodus chapter 19, or is it 13, verse 19. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and he shall carry up my bones away hence with you. When they left Egypt, they took Joseph's bones out of Egypt with them. And where did they go? Joshua 24. Bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought out of Egypt, buried they in. She- and a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shem, for a hundred pieces of silver and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And what did Joseph say? I believe that God is true in what he says. I trust his promises. I believe him. And someday, you don't know when, someday he's going to get us out of here. When he does, take my bones to the place he promised my my great-grandpa, grandpa and dad. He had faith that God would do what he said he would do. The next one mentioned here is Moses. Moses. Moses had faith. But let's just say this, before Moses ever had faith, he had a mom and dad that had faith. Look at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They saw there was something special about this boy Moses. And they didn't fear. What did the king say? Take the boys and drown them in the river, right? That's what it was said to do. They had faith in God enough to say, this is a special boy. God's got some special plans. And we're going to do things God's way. And we're not going to fear what the king, what Pharaoh tells us to do. By faith, they did this. By faith, instead of taking their son and having him, letting him die in the river, what they do? They took their son and put him in a little ark on the river. Isn't that interesting? And it just so happens that Pharaoh's daughter is out there. By It just so happens that way. There are no accidents, and just so happens with God. She's there right at that time, and Moses becomes the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, being the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses literally had nothing to worry about the rest of his life, did he? He was set. He could have anything he wanted being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But look at what it says. By faith... Moses, when he has come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And I believe this was really let known. Remember when he killed the Egyptian? He made a definite choice that day, didn't he? He made a big time choice that day. No more palace, go sit in the desert for 40 years. Go wander around out there in the wilderness by yourself for 40 years. Then he had to wander 40 more years with the children of Israel later on. Poor Moses. He could have stayed in the palace the whole time. But he chose rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. May I just remind you, sin is fun. Do you realize that? There is fun to sin, but it's a limited time. And then that sin will bite you and eat you up. That's why you look at some of the things that people do, it might look like fun. And there might be pleasure in it for a little bit, but sin, the result, every single time is still death. Sin is still what's messing, and that's the problem today. Sometimes our young people see the joy of sin. What, I think that's what the prodigal son did. He saw, he went out and wasted everything. He's, it looks like so much fun. Why are my parents keeping me from doing this and doing that? Maybe your parents love you enough to keep you away from that garbage. Might be a good thing to look at. Oh, my parents just don't want me to have fun. No, maybe they want to save you from some of the things they went through. Maybe they're trying to help you. Just maybe. Keep on reading there. It says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures in Egypt, he had respect and the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Keep reading. Through faith, he kept the Passover. Well, that's an interesting one, right? Hey, go take blood and put it over the top of the doorposts and on the sides. Well, why? And they kill all the firstborn. I'm sure they were glad after they put the blood there that they followed God and did it his way. It was faith. Faith. Moses had Faith. We look at the fact, look at what it says there. The next word, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assayed to do were drowned. Moses had faith that God could see them through. Now we could go through, Moses didn't think he could do it all by his own, did he? He He needed Aaron with him. There were a lot of mistakes in Moses' life. But do you notice how the Lord picks out this is what Moses did here? And this is what Moses did here. And this is what Moses did here. Faith is a big deal to God. Faith matters to God. When you see something matter so much to the Lord, we need faith. We see Moses next we look at letter I or J, IJ, wherever we're at in the alphabet. We're getting far down the alphabet. Don't worry, there is no Z today, so we're not going that far down. Think about Joshua. Look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they passed about seven days. Remember that one? They get into the promised land, and God says, hey, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. Be strong enough and courageous enough to do what I tell you to do. He told them that like three times in Joshua chapter number one. They get ready for the battle. All right, let's get all the military leaders of Israel together. We're going to plan this invasion of Jericho. We're going to take these ropes with spikes we're going to throw them up on the top of the wall. We're going to invade that way. We're going to use this and that. That might be how you would look at it, right? God says, no, Joshua, i got a different plan. So this is what I want you to do. Just get all the people, and for six days, all I want you to do is just walk around the city. Walk around the wall. That's quite a military plan, isn't it? Just walk around the wall. That's all you got to do. I wonder what they thought up there on the walls of Jericho. What are those people doing? Did do they get their steps in so they're checking their Apple watches to get their steps in? Why are they just around here? Second day, they do this for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to go seven times around. That's a lot. And on the seventh time, as you get around, I want you to blow the trumpets, salvation to our God, and the walls are going to come down. Now, I don't know about you. You hear something like that? You're like, yeah, right. They took him at his word. And as they blew those trumpets and shouted out, the walls came tumbling down. And I'm sure they were glad they had faith that day in the Lord. Because there was one man who didn't have the faith he should, right, Achan? And he took stuff from that city that God told them not to. And his whole family was destroyed in the very next chapter. Faith. Children of Israel, they had faith. I, J, Rahab. Rahab the harlot. Like, Rahab the harlot is mentioned? Yeah! Yeah! It's amazing what God can do. Do you, and you think about, oh, well, she must've been such a bad person. You know, we could look in the in Corinthians there where it says, and such were some of you, but you're sanctified, you're washed, you're made clean by Jesus. We were all there, been there, done that. We look at Rahab in verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. When she received the spies with peace, how easy would have been for her when when they found out in Jericho that there were spies there? Hey, 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 hey! The spies are in my house. Come get them. They all feared Israel, didn't they? The Bible says they did. She had faith enough. And then their thing is, just you know, you need to have this thing up, and we'll spare you. Yeah, right, right. It's like you say that. Are you really going to do that? She had faith. And that faith saved her household. And she's mentioned in the hall of faith. The harlot Rahab. Not an Israelite. A Gentile on the outside. From the city of Jericho is mentioned here. We see Rahab. Okay. We see others mentioned. And there are a lot mentioned here. And sometimes I look and I'm like, Lord, do you know the names you put right here? Look at verse 32. And what shall I say more, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Man, listen to all these others that are mentioned there, and think about the Gideon. Remember Gideon? Hey, thou mighty man of valor. Who are you talking about? He was the one that was hiding behind the wine press, wasn't he? He wasn't even out there. You say, well, when did Gideon have faith? Remember how the army was a big army? And then they had to go down by the brook and drink a certain way. And those that drank a certain way, it end up 300 men is all that Gideon had. And Gideon had faith in God enough to take God at his word and to take 300 men and to go win the battle. That's faith, isn't it? Gideon had faith in God. And his faith was strong in God, even though he, he was fearful. And he was not a mighty man of valor. But he, God saw something in him that he never saw in himself. It's amazing what faith can do in the life of somebody. You see Gideon. You see Barak mentioned here. Barak's the guy that wouldn't go to battle unless Deborah went. Remember? If she doesn't go, I won't go. That's basically what he said. Like, where's the faith there? He had faith enough in God to go get the victory in the battle. Did he have moments of doubt? Yes. Did he have faith in God to get the victory? They went and got victory. Look at the next name, Samson. Man, we talk about, and listen, we talk about someone wasting their potential and wasting their God-given talent. I don't think there's a greater example in the Bible than Samson when it comes to that. He had everything. He had the ability. He had the talent. He had the strength. But you look at a lot of his life. There were certain things he couldn't eat. He couldn't eat anything out of a dead carcass, could he? Oh, well, he ate some honey out of there. He's supposed to be careful about the women. women were his big problem. Women and food. That, I would say those would be the two big things there for Samson. So, Pastor, when did Samson have faith? Do you remember? At the end of his life. His eyes have been plucked out and all the Philistines are mocking him and mocking God, his God. And there's a little boy there and he asked the boy, he can't see, he can't do it. Could you just put me between these two pillars? And by faith, he called on the God of heaven to give him strength one last time. And he pushed those pillars away and killed more Philistines in his death than at any other time in his life. It was faith. And maybe he didn't start out well and do well throughout, but he ended well. He had faith in God. Jephthah. Whew! Jephthah. Let's talk about Jephthah for a minute. What a guy, Right? But the fact is, he did put his faith in God for that battle. Did he make a terrible vow to God afterwards? Yes. And you need to be careful of the vows you make to God. Don't just make some silly vow. God takes it serious when you say you're going to do something. Be very careful what you tell God you're going to do. After the victory, what did Jephthah say? First thing to walk through the, you know, past that point, whatever the case may be, I will offer to God as a sacrifice and his own daughter are many commentaries and lots of things that people say. I will give you my personal opinion here. I do not believe God would let someone offer a human sacrifice to him. I believe that she was given to the Lord and his service the rest of her days, and that's why they um, mourned her never having children things of that nature. I personally don't believe God would let. He made a dumb vow to God, and he should never have done it. But God, the heathen gods offer sacrifices, human sacrifices, to their gods. We don't offer human sacrifices to our God. We have one sacrifice, Jesus Christ. The rest were animal sacrifices. There's a big difference between an animal and human. Now, some of you don't agree that there's a difference between animals and humans, but there is a difference between them. And I'll just leave that there. And don't you say, well, are dogs and cats going to be in heaven? You can talk to the Lord about that and figure that out someday when you get there. And uh, when you get there, go to the go to the little pet store and see if scruffy or whatever your dog or cat see if they're there and take I had someone they were really their pet had just passed away. They're like, Pastor, tell me, tell me my dog's gonna be in heaven, tell me. I'm like, um doesn't say I do see that horses are in heaven. So maybe dogs are too. I left it at that. You get to pray for the nurse prayer. No, I didn't say that or anything like that. That was just a joke. That was just a joke. And uh but I don't believe that God would let Jephthah offer him as a sacri- her, his daughter as a sacrifice to him. Even though he said he would because that's not the way God works. That's my opinion. Others could have different opinions. Who else is mentioned right there? David. Hey, remember David? You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord whom you've defied. And this day, I'm going to take your big old stinking carcass, and I'm gonna, it's gonna, birds are going to come eat you up. And this day, everyone's going to know that God is bigger than you. That was faith. He had a little slingshot in his hand. Goliath is a mighty man of war. But he had faith in God. And there are multiple times in David's life he had faith in God. David had faith. We see Samuel mentioned here. When we think of Samuel... We think of uh, even his calling to ministry, right? Eli says, "Hey, if you hear if you hear that voice again, maybe it's God calling you." And tell him, "Here am I." That took some faith. And God said, "Hey, Samuel, I'm done with Eli's family. I'm going to move forward with you." And you know what took faith too? When Eli's like, "What did God tell you?" God told me he's done with you and your family and he's going to work through me. That's faith. That really is faith or stupidity. No, it's faith. It's faith. And there, there is a fine line between stupidity and faith. I don't know where that fine line is, but there is a line somewhere. And just be careful between stupidity and faith, okay? There is a line. And where that line is, pray that the Lord helps you figure it out. It mentions other, pro- it says the other Prophets. Man, my mind goes to guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why don't you just bow so you don't get burned in the furnace? We will not. And if God delivers us, wonderful. And if he doesn't, he's still God. That's faith. Daniel prayed when they told him not to. He had faith in God. Jeremiah stood faithful and had faith in God to preach even in a pit. They preached. They had faith in God. Faith matters to God. And Christian, you or I to be perfect in our faith, but faith pleases God. Let's have faith in him. He is worthy of our faith. Read what it says there. It says, verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. I think that's where Daniel comes into mind, right? I think of that one there. "...quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight, the armies of the aliens, Re- women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that so they might obtain a better resurrection, and others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword... They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. I love this little phrase right here. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, and in mountains, and in dens, and caves of the earth. All these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. They didn't get to see the promise. In fact, most of them, we've talked about it. When they died, they went to Abraham's bosom, right? And not till Christ died on the cross were they set free to be in heaven with the Lord. You say, Well, Abraham's, Abraham's bosom was a good place. You read about the rich man Lazarus, it was a good place. It's the place he wanted to be. But Christ had they hadn't received the promise yet. They had faith looking to the promise. And today, the promise came in Jesus Christ. And there have been more promises made. So we, by faith, look back to the cross and the promise fulfilled. And we also, by faith, look forward to heaven and everything else. Faith matters. And you'll notice when we get into the next chapter, and you remember there were no chapters when this was written, Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with all these great cloud of witnesses, you need to run the race that God has for you. And you'll only do it as you look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and keep your eyes on him as we go through this race. Faith matters. A few closing thoughts on we will be done this morning. Number there in your outline, God works through faith, faith alone. God works through faith. How we need faith. God works through faith. Think about this. God can't work in your life without faith. Correct? That goes to salvation. Faith is important. Number two, exercising faith in is the only way to please him and receive his blessings. Faith matters. And then make sure you get number three very well here. Number three, faith is a gift from God through the Word and the Spirit. It's not something we work up in ourselves. I'm going to work up my faith. No, 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 no. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and the fruit of the Spirit is faith. So faith is something that God gives us we work up to. Fourthly, it's always tested, and at times it seems that trusting God is foolish. But faith always conquers in the end. you know there's that there's that old hymn, and it's it partially goes along with the verse that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith, faith matters. Think about that song, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Just to take him his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Christian, let's have faith. Faith. Faith moves God. Do you know this? there were only a couple times in his whole ministry where he was astonished at the faith of somebody, right? I can think of twice, I believe. Who was it? Anybody remember? Come on, Bible scholars. Who are, do you remember the two times that the Lord was astonished by someone's faith? I think once, and, and this is the thing I'm trying to think in my head, and it's, this, is, this was just a thought I had right now, so that's why I didn't look at it beforehand. I think once was, remember when the one man, his daughter, had died, and he said, Eve, you don't have to come, just say it, and she'll live? I believe that was one of them. I believe there was one other time. Maybe, maybe not. You'll have to look that up later. and Look it up. All I know is this. There were many times he looked at his disciples and said, why are you doubting me? Why do you doubt? Marveled by someone's faith. Let's trust him. Let's put our faith in him. He's got a race for you and I to run. And faith is what we need to get through this race. You need faith from the moment you enter in. The older you get, doubts and things, you need that faith. Faith, faith, faith. Thank God.